Welcome to the Fit Man Over 40 podcast, your number one online source devoted to men's health, fitness, and performance. Whether you're a weekend warrior or looking to get into the best shape of your life, the Fit Man Over 40 podcast provides cutting-edge men's health information you won't find anywhere else. Hey guys, this is Jason for FitmenOver40.com, and in today's episode, I'll be discussing how stress can negatively impact your health and fitness goals. I'll detail how the human body responds to stress, as well as the three basic kinds of stress that we are all subject to in modern society. Additionally, I'll also cover strategies that can help to make you more resilient to the corrosive effects of stress. Now, when it comes to exercising for fat loss and lean muscle gain, Most people would fall under the category of doing too little effort, resulting in unsatisfactory results. So then logic would dictate that a major increase in physical activity would yield better results. But this line of reasoning begs the question, just how much should you increase your training to achieve the results you desire? And when does it become too much of a good thing? Now, the average gym goer is rarely at risk of overtraining inside of the gym but oftentimes what they fail to consider is the amount of stress load that they're under outside of the gym. Your body will respond to any kind of stress in much the same way, be it physical or psychological. If you get in a a yelling match with an overbearing coworker, or if you get chased by the neighbor's dog while jogging, your body will react to these two separate events on a biochemical level in much the same way by pumping out stress hormones that can damage your health and derail your fitness program in the long term. Now, each of us has our own unique ability to withstand stress in varying degrees. Some people seem almost impervious to the stresses of life, while others seem to crumble under the slightest pressure. To understand this phenomenon better, a scientist named Hans Selye developed a theory of how humans respond to stress, and he called it the General Adaptation Syndrome. And Selye observed and documented the body's response to an external source of stress by following a pattern in an attempt to maintain internal, internal homeostasis or, or balance. So the first stage that he identified was the alarm stage. And, and it's in this stage that, you, that your body perceives a threat and it prepares to deal with that threat by activating your sympathetic nervous system. And this, this initiates your flight or fight response. So during this stage, the stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline are released, uh, giving you, and this gives you peak energy output. And blood is shunted to your muscles to ready them for action, either to fight or to flee. Now, this stage can be very taxing on on your body because it it raises uh, your blood pressure, heart rate, and your breathing uh, in a significant way. The second stage is called the resistance stage. Now, this follows immediately after the alarm stage uh, once the stressful event has been resolved or is over. And this is the time that your body takes to rest and recover and, and to try and grow stronger to prepare for any future stressful events. Now, the flight or fight system that is indicative of the alarm stage is meant to be a temporary solution to save you in a perceived life-threatening situation. But unfortunately, as I I mentioned earlier, whether you're being chased by an aggressive animal or getting into an argument with your coworker, your body's stress response will be the same on a biochemical level. So if this scenario plays out in your life day after day, becoming chronic, then the effects of your health will will start to become corrosive on your health. So as your adaptive energy is drained, you'll be left more vulnerable to external stresses such as pathogenic organisms and environmental toxins. And of course, this will result in degraded health. The third stage is the exhaustion stage. So if chronic stress goes unabated, 
um, eventually your body will lose its ability to adapt and resist that stress. And this is when your health can really take a turn for the worse. Uh, chronic stress can damage tissues and organs in your body and your brain, and this results in, in uh, concentration and short-term memory impairment. Uh, it can also result in mood disorders such as anxiety and depression. Uh, and chronic stress can also adversely affect your autonomic nervous system, and this ca- can cause cardiovascular disease, immune dysfunction, pain syndromes, and other stress-related type illnesses. Um, this also sets the stage for chronic fatigue. And this will impact your performance in your gym and at work. And it really make exercising the last thing on your mind. Of course, the development of these stages uh, is not linear, as you'll typically move back and forth between them, depending on your current state of health, the nature of the stress, and also your, your genetic capacity to resist stress in all forms. Now, this doesn't mean that you should spend every waking moment trying to avoid stress, uh, because that's a stress in itself. And a little stress is actually good for you. Um, but it really is a double-edged sword that needs to be controlled in order to gain the maximum health benefits. So in order to accomplish this, you need to acknowledge and understand how to cope with the three main categories of stress, and they are physical stress, psychological stress, and chemical stress. So the first stress is physical stress, um, and even though exercise is beneficial to your health, make no mistake, it is a stress nonetheless on your body. Uh, So it puts a strain on your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons, your bones, and cardiovascular system, and it will temporarily induce what's called microtrauma in your body. But if you give it enough time to heal and recuperate, your body will adapt to this exercise uh, stress, and it'll do so by growing stronger, and this is how you become fitter. The problems arise when you overtrain and or you under-recover, placing a huge stress load on your body by not allowing adequate time for rest and repair. And it's this type of stress from overtraining and under recovery um, that can manifest as frequent injuries, chronic fatigue, insomnia, depressed moods, loss of appetite, low sex drive, frequent infections, strength and muscle loss, as well as a gain of body fat. This means your body is in a constant catabolic state with high levels of the hormone cortisol and low levels of anabolic hormones such as testosterone and growth hormone. This will result in less lean muscle gain and more body fat accumulation. But physical stress can also come from sources other than exercise. Uh, Poor posture from sitting at a desk all day hunched over a computer can also add to your stress load by straining the muscles of your upper back and neck, constricting your breathing and causing poor circulation. In fact, there are studies out now that are claiming that prolonged sitting can actually be worse for your health than smoking. If your job involves moderate to heavy manual labor, this too uh, has to be taken into account when adding up the physical stress load on your body. If you lift heavy objects all day or dig ditches or perform repetitive motions on an assembly line, you need to take all of that into account when you're designing your exercise program so that you can avoid any excess strain and overexpenditure of energy. This is why when it comes to exercise, I always take a less is more approach. Some of my past clients have been shocked at the the modest amount of exercise I assign to them. Um, but they become pleasantly surprised when they start getting results without feeling like they've been run over by a truck every day because of overtraining. So the whole uh, no pain, no gain philosophy is really counterproductive for long-term health and fitness. 
Now, as you get older, your powers of recuperation start to wane and you'll need to give yourself more time in between training sessions to fully recover. So everyone is different. uh, And the best way to judge recovery time allotment is by watching out for the symptoms of overtraining that I mentioned earlier. So that's the fatigue, insomnia, frequent infections, loss of appetite, low sex drive, depressed moods, etc. So this is when you'll need to take extra time off from the gym, as well as slow down in other areas of your life that might be uh, more physically demanding. I like to think of exercise as if it's medicine. So you listen to your body so that you can prescribe it in the most effective dose. So not too much and not too little. And now that I'm in my 40s, workouts that used to take me around two days to recover from now take me three or four days to recover. But, you know, I'm okay with that. I've learned to listen to and respect my body. So my, my fitness continues to improve and my incidence of illness and injuries has been greatly reduced. So the second type of stress is psychological stress. Now, most psychological stress can be attributed to losing control over your life situation due to an outside influence. And this could be uh, financial troubles, an abusive relationship, uh, a toxic work environment, the loss of a loved one, or dealing with unruly children. These types of issues can weigh heavily on your, on your mind and on your conscience, and this can cause uh, anxiety, depression, and constant worry. Uh, and it's this kind of chronic, unrelenting stress that can really punish your body like Chinese water torture day in and day out. And, this, and, and it ends up leaving you feeling like you're drained and hopeless. The placebo effect uh, is well documented in science. And just like thinking good thoughts can heal your body, thinking negative thoughts can also break it down. So if allowed, negative thoughts can really easily take hold of your mind. And since thoughts can dictate actions, your entire life can start to go off the rails. And this can insidiously rob you of your drive and ambition to accomplish your goals. You start to become so overwhelmed and mentally exhausted by the end of the day that all you really want to do is is check your, your brain at the front door when you get home and sit in front of the TV all night stuffing your face with comfort food. And obviously this type of lifestyle is not conducive to long-term health and fitness, uh, but instead it will lead you down a road of declining health and despair. Mental struggles can also uh, occur with those who have what's called a people-pleaser personality, uh, meaning they're constantly putting their own needs aside for others, and they're afraid to say no to any request from family or friends. And this can lead to feelings of being overwhelmed, as well as being angry at yourself for being unable to be more assertive with others. Uh, People who are energy suckers or energy vampires love to attach themselves to unassertive personalities because they can dump all of their problems on them and they can constantly ask them for unrealistic and selfish favors. So the key to dealing with psychological stress is to learn to set boundaries on the time and energy you give away to others. Um, Make certain to attend to your needs first before you even consider doing favors for others, even if they're family or friends. Also, strip away any excess in your life that is not a benefit to your long-term well-being. This may include getting rid of material possessions, uh, because oftentimes the things that you own end up owning you. Uh, You might want to reduce your workload uh, at your job, uh, or even excluding anyone from your inner circle who may be draining your energy and dragging you down. And finally, you might find it helpful to read a book or take a course in effective time management skills. Uh, And this will help you to better organize and prioritize your schedule. Um, This will allow you to tackle the important tasks first and get more done in less time and also avoid the pitfalls of procrastination. The third type of stress is chemical stress. Now, unfortunately, we are surrounded by chemicals in our air, water, and food supply. 
So unless you live in a bubble, there's really no way to avoid them entirely. So the best that you can do is identify the main sources of these uh, environmental chemicals and then take measures to minimize your exposure to them. From a male perspective, many of these environmental chemicals can upset the delicate balance of our hormones and detoxification pathways, making us lose our masculinity. Uh, and it's been shown that over the last few decades, there's been a steady decline in testosterone levels in males and sperm counts as well. So these are synthetic chemicals called xenoestrogens that have been introduced into our environment by the industrial, agricultural, and chemical industries since the 1940s. Some of the more ubiquitous xenoestrogens that can be found in everyday consumer products are bisphenol A uh, or BPA, uh, polychlorinated biphenols or PCBs, phthalates, and parabens. These uh, synthetic-like estrogens can mimic natural estrogen in your body, uh, and this can lead to serious hormonal disruptions. It then becomes a case of too much estrogen equals too little testosterone, uh, and this will result in a loss of muscle mass and strength, accumulation of body fat, immune dysfunction, loss of sex drive, and an increased risk of testicular or prostate cancer. Some of the more common sources of these types of chemicals include plastic beverage and food containers, conventionally farmed fruits and vegetables, colognes, perfumes, and air fresheners, skin lotions, shampoos, soaps, sunscreens, and cosmetics, detergents and fabric softeners, factory farm livestock and seafood, household cleaning products, lawn fertilizers, weed killer and insecticides, paints, solvents, lubricants, fuels, and oils. So some of the solutions uh, to avoiding these synthetic chemicals are to look at the two main sources uh, and address those. And the two main sources that you will come in contact with on a daily basis will be in the food you eat and the personal care products you use. So since the food you eat is probably the number one source of environmental pollution, um, you want to try and purchase as much as your food as possible from local or, or organically grown sources. Um, because it's estimated the average consumer eating conventionally grown fruits and vegetables actually ingests over one pound of pesticides each year. So if eating organic um, is not within your budget because it can be a little expensive, uh, there is something called the EWG's Shopper's Guide to Pesticides and Produce. Uh, and what this will do is it'll, it'll give you a guide to help prioritize the best food choices in order to reduce your overall uh, toxic load or chemical exposure. Uh, and I'll leave a link to that down below. Now, the growth-promoting hormones given to factory farm cattle, poultry, and pigs are another major source of synthetic estrogens in your diet. Uh, so I recommend that you source your meat uh, or your dairy from grass-fed and pasture-raised animals uh, free of synthetic hormones. Now, the next major source of chemical exposure for individuals is personal care products, and most of us use these on a daily basis. Uh, many of the popular brand name shampoos, skins, lotions, soaps, colognes, sunscreens, hair gels, hairsprays, etc. can contain some form of xenoestrogens. So you can also check out uh, the EWG's cosmetic database. I'll also leave a link to that uh, down below. Uh, and this will enable you to make wiser choices uh, because what you can do is you can input the name of the personal care product that you use in their search engine and you'll receive ratings on the amount of hazardous chemicals that it contains. Uh, personally, myself, I just use one chemical-free liquid soap to wash my hair. 
uh, in my body. And then I also use it as a, a, a shaving cream as well. You can lather it up and use it when you shave. Uh, it's called Dr. Bronner's, uh, Dr. Bronner's soap. In terms of a moisturizer for my skin uh, and also my hair and scalp, I just use coconut oil. Uh, because it's my belief that you should never put anything on your skin that you can't ingest orally uh, because it will eventually work its way into your bloodstream by being absorbed through your skin. Um, so if you can't eat it, don't put it on your skin. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's virtually impossible to completely avoid stress in the modern world. Uh, but in addition to reducing your stress load, you can also help to strengthen your body uh, against stress with various nutritional supplements. And these types of supplements can not only make your body more resilient, but also they can offset some of the damaging effects of stress. So the first one is magnesium. This is a calming mineral that helps to relax your muscles and nervous system. And having adequate levels of magnesium can help to alleviate stress-induced conditions such as anxiety, depression, fatigue, muscle pain, headaches, and insomnia. The standard dose is around 400 to 600 milligrams per day, uh, and I recommend the forms of uh, citrate or glycinate. If you suffer from stress-induced uh, insomnia, uh, taking your entire daily magnesium dose in the evening with dinner uh, may help to uh, facilitate better sleep. The second supplement is holy basil, uh, and holy basil is viewed as a sacred plant in the traditional medicine system of India known as Ayurveda. Uh, now, holy basil is, is a uh, group of plants that's, uh, that are called adaptogens, and what they do is they enhance your body's ability to withstand and adapt to stress. Uh, studies have also shown that holy basil supports healthy carbohydrate metabolism, and this allows glucose uh, to be better used for energy production. The standard dose is 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day with breakfast. The third supplement is rhodiola, and this is another uh, adaptogenic herb that increases your body's capacity to withstand stress, and it also plays a role in efficient energy production. It is uh, indigenous to the Arctic and alpine regions of Europe, uh, Asia, and America, and it's been used as a health-strengthening tonic by many ancient cultures. The standard dose is 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day taken with breakfast. The fourth and final uh, stress supplement is pantothenic acid, otherwise known as vitamin B5. And this is a member of the B-complex family, and it's known as the anti-stress vitamin uh, because it is an essential contributor to the adrenal cascade. So the adrenal glands are the glands that produce the stress-responsive hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. And as I mentioned earlier, these hormones are vital to your survival uh, because they give you the energy to fight or flee from a perceived dangerous situation. Uh, now, if your adrenal glands become chronically overworked from unrelenting stress, this is where the exhaustion phase um, becomes apparent and your health will start to decline rapidly. Pentathenic acid helps to support the adrenals and allows them to recover faster from the strain of stressful events. The standard dose is 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day with breakfast. So in conclusion, trying to lose weight and get into shape while living a fast-paced, stress-filled lifestyle is like trying to get to an intended destination on a river by swimming upstream. I've witnessed many people who've struggled for years to get into shape despite a dedicated exercise routine suddenly make dramatic changes in their body composition literally overnight by reducing the amount of exercise they perform weekly and by mindfully addressing the stressful factors that I outlined in this episode. Your body is an incredibly adaptive organism that will change in response to external forces such as exercise by getting stronger and fitter, but it can only achieve this balanced adaptation if you minimize your stress load in your life and give yourself enough time to rest and recuperate. 
So that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments section below and I will do my best to answer back. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you can be instantly notified when the next episode is released. Thanks for tuning in to the Fit Men Over 40 podcast. I'm Jason Simpkins and I will see you next time.